Toby. <laughs> What was the song I was trying to sing? Um, this is the song I picked. I picked my daughter up from middle school today, and I kept singing this over and over, and I just couldn't stop. She was like looking at her phone; she didn't really care about. It. I was trying to sing it as soft and as pretty as I could, just driving across Cham- this town of Champaign, Illinois, just from the school to my house. This is the song I sang. I don't want to wait. For our lives to be over, I want to know right now, what will it be? <laughs> That's so soft. I know. I just kept getting softer and softer. That's so pretty good. good control. It really is. Oh, boy. It was so fun. It made me miss like, wasn't that the Dawson's Creek? Yeah, that's Dawson's that, Creek. Yeah, God. I, I, I promise you, show. I'm not making up at all. I was last night. I was p- practicing p- playing piano, and I was trying to play the quietest that I could and make all the keys go and play chords. And oh, right. I was trying to play the quietest I could hit them. Where it seems like that super ultra, like empty. It's just yeah. the best, but it's very hard to hit. Uh, just barely put them all down to get that sound. Oh man. But I, there's so many good songs that you can just sing really soft and they'll just, you'll just remember. And it's just so the I, I can't believe it because I remember going 90s music sucks or whatever. And now when I look back on it, it is just so legendary and amazing. The music mm-hmm. from the 90s. When did, when did you think that? During the 90s, I thought uh, a lot of it was, was shitty. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. I mean, there was some shitty stuff, you know, and it got kind of crazy with the boy bands for a while. But I mean, even, I mean, some of the NSYNC stuff, you mm-hmm. know, Backstreet Boys wasn't horrific. I, I mean, felt it, that the moment that everything was got shitty was happened very fast from Nirvana to Sugar Ray. That's the way I looked at that. Like yeah. I, there was Nirvana and whatever that was, Alice in Chains and whatever was going on there. And then it was not very long before that had just been commercialized. And then it just had, and I don't think like looking back on Sugar Ray and all that, I think it's amazing. I love Sugar like Ray. I love it. And Third Eye Blind and stuff. But once it got to that, it seemed like we had lost the thing I thought we were doing. And I didn't, at least I didn't get it. And it was too commercial and pop. I was like, well, alternative is now some other thing now. Yeah. Like, and then new metal was right, came right at, right after yeah. that. So I thought that was the derailment. But now I like both a lot when I go back, like the whole cycle I'm, I'm a big fan of. <laughs> Every morning when I wake up, I see something. Oh man, that song! Yeah, I good. loved it. You know, I who told us? Uh, uh, it might have been our old uh, booking agent, Ron Opaleski. Uh-huh. I think he was the one that told us that like Sugar Ray would just they just would do corporate gigs now. Oh, yeah, you know, like I mean, and just they get like. Fifty, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars to do these things, and it's just like you know, three hundred coworkers from the thing and <laughs> took a great place, and just and just I mean they just make a killing. I mean, no, that's their I wonder job. If it'd, be a, it'd be a good job. You consult companies against that. Like, don't you know, do that. I'm, yeah, I'm from the music industry. Let me coach you through this. <laughs> okay, you're about to spend a hundred thousand dollars on sugar. Hold up. Let me tell you some stuff. I can. I know. They'll come. They'll come for much less. Much less. You're or, right. So you can get a hit from somebody for much less. 
You, that, those you can even probably get a local band <laughs> to play cover. Yeah. That's yeah, what Rogan. I think it was on Rogan. He was talking about uh, um, Scott uh, Weiland performing yeah. at one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and was was with Stone Temple Pilots, I guess. And he was just going off, and there was like fifty people watching him, and everybody <laughs> else was just sitting at their tables, hanging out, and stuff like that. That's like golly. But I mean, there's just they have to do it. There's so much money. And they probably write it off and do all kinds of different things. So, I mean, they just have so much money, these corporations, and they're just going to spend it. Yeah, the they band. spend crazy on, on internal. Like, they do internal, like, pitches. Like, they want to get the energy in the room, right? And so they try yeah, to get yeah. some whatever band to play. And then they're going to pitch the new software IT package to the team yeah. to see if they can get funding from the rest of, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> That's true. You're probably the hero at your job if you get Sugar Ray to come. Right. <laughs> And from Sugar Ray's standpoint, think about this. Would you rather go out on a tour with dwindling attendance again, <laughs> you know, or you just show up at this one show, play for an hour and a half, and you make $100,000? That's better than the state fair. Yeah. That's In what a I'm way, saying. if it pays the same, you'd rather just do the thing where everybody knows it doesn't matter. Right. Like, and how could they be motivated knows. to do something else? What if they had one of those a month? I mean, it, I would couldn't be motivated if if Emory got one gig for a hundred thousand dollars, I would not work the rest of the year, <laughs> even just with my like fifth share. I just wouldn't. I would you say no. Chill. That's that one I of those. Did year enough. Yeah, that's I good. did work. I did work. I did my work. <laughs> I did that, yeah, work. That's good. And you know what? The best part of that is the reason that's worth it to do it, no matter what, is because no, even though it'd be just the lamest gig, you would feel terrible about it in every way, and. As you were finishing, you'd realize that's their whole life, though. This is one day for me to be in this environment. Yeah. And you you walk out of there and go, all right, I don't have to go back to whatever that company is, and all those other people have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> then you'd feel fine 100%. about whatever you got paid yeah, yeah. and whatever you did. Once you made that connection in your head, I think you'd feel good. <laughs> that's crazy. I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons' podcast today, and uh, he had – uh, Chuck Klosterman on. And oh, they were really? talking about they were talking about the new Beatles documentary. Have y'all seen it yet? Matt McDonald uh, was telling me all about it at a birthday party this weekend, and I think I get the gist of it. And I saw some of the stuff, but I do want to sit down and watch it all. Yeah, I haven't it watched it yet awesome. either. Uh, but Chuck Klosterman and Bill Simmons both said they thought it was like one of the best documentaries ever, one of the best music documentaries for sure. And I was like, whoa, this is really cool. So it just says it shows a lot behind the scenes and everything. But it was funny because. The, the way they talked about just the personalities, the way Chuck Klosterman was talking about it was he was just talking how like uh, so Paul was more always aware of what was happening and motivating them to do all this stuff and, and just really was probably the leader and, you know, an awesome uh, songwriter as well. And so him and John were just elite. Mm-hmm. And then they just thought like uh, Ringo and George, uh, were horrible, and yeah. they couldn't they couldn't believe like like I guess there's scenes in there where like they're just talking down to George, and he just he goes you know he thinks well, I'm in the Beatles, and you got to listen to me too, and they're just like no, <laughs> just, th- those two like wrote some of the most unbelievable song music. I mean, they make a good point. They, it, people can say whatever. That has to be the most important band ever. Oh, for sure. I mean, it just is. Yeah, no doubt. And, I saw and somebody, those, those, go ahead. No, I was just asked. Somebody tweeted about that. Like Paul does seem like an asshole, but in that month, 
of recording that doc in that month he wrote get back let it be long like yeah. long and winding road like four or five like iconic Beatles right. in one month just wrote them that month so what yeah, do you want right. from him yeah right. to be nice yeah. to you that's what it seems the theme of it is you have right. to get that environment just the right way and the dynamics are all important because it's like george and uh ringo both like like especially Ringo in my understanding is just very like attentive and gets easily impressed and is like supportive to them. Whereas John and Paul are maybe competitive or trying to be ser- whatever that is. And then, you know, they have these talent, but you know, Ringo and George, if they're, they're responders to, I was thinking that's kind of like Dave is like that, you know, like Dave gives, he listens to me, he listens to, he, he reacts to everything. And, you yeah. know, De- and Devin's a good listener in that way too, where it seems like, they had to get the balance of so I don't know, you know, but that to like play that to the whole system kind of has to balance in a different way. You had to be in that kind of state to probably get that kind of output, right? Like you had to get the whole thing balanced up and tension in it. Yeah. It seems like almost always there's a couple of people, they're either the writers or the leaders or whatever. And then then they're just, everybody falls into whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just kind of has to be like that. Like, and, and that's what they say about men anyway, that men can usually we figure out who the leader is and who does this. And then we just all fall into our roles. Yeah. Pretty, pretty creatively. Easily. That definitely happens. People know how to yeah. rank, you know, people know how to find that peck creative pecking order. Most but it's hard. It's hard for some people. It's hard for George Harrison. Cause he goes, yeah, I'm in the Beatles and I can write music too. And, and you mm-hmm. know, th- and then they go, no, you just, you know, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> And he was in the most important band ever. And good. <laughs> and good. And yeah. Written tons of good songs and can sing yeah. and do anything, you know. I know. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, you know, he was the one, the youngest one of them all, I think. And he died first, like a while ago now. Well, uh, John died first, but. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. John, <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. <laughs> That's true. But I'm, yes, you're right. You mean by dying, though? I mean, like, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Regular dying. Right. Regular yeah, dying. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's what i was gonna say too talking about what were we talking about just a minute ago anyway i was thinking about how like paul was always aware let's get this done let's do this moved them along did things and uh john almost resented that they he thought it was like hilarious that they would be so rich and famous and it like thought it kind of was just almost wrong and then and then that's what they were talking about Klosterman was talking about this and then you know just kind of the same way like a Kurt Cobain or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it, they get so big that it just seems foolish to, because they were supposed to be musicians and artists and they, there comes some kind of struggle and some kind of anonymity and, and stuff with that. But they didn't, I mean, they couldn't even hardly play shows without people, you know, trampling each other and all this stuff. I mean, they couldn't hardly do anything. They were the most famous people in the world. And the also backed it up with their music. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, very crazy. Cool. Yeah, I don't know how that happened because they were so far ahead on so many things that are just no, they just hadn't been even experienced before, and they just fell, found something. They, I mean, they just broke so far ahead all yeah. at once by themselves into all kinds of new territories, like from PA systems to right. harmonies to famous levels to you know making movies, everything. Uh, yeah, add, add everything, all kinds of elements to your music. It was it's crazy. like that hole was there, that need for whatever that was was must have yeah. been so just rip that irreverent. I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's like something, but maybe, and, and time, don't you think Nirvana isn't that far off from that same kind of 
rip through the fabric thing? Yeah. Like, you know, was, rip it wide open. Yeah. I don't think, to me, Nirvana musically wasn't probably as good as the Beatles to me, but maybe. I mean. Yeah, but I'm just saying they moved the, they moved things really a long way in a short, just by themselves really quickly. Yeah. Blasting of, through yeah. something, that the status quo, that was a hole there that nobody knew about. And then I was like, like right. oh, everybody likes this. And then it's open after that. Don't people say the Beatles invented, like they invented metal basically too, even? But don't Probably say the, they think something they of the attitude metal. from it and the distortion and the like. Yeah. It's something about the way they used recordings too was re- very aggressive. So it's like all of a sudden it's, a, yeah. it's, it's there was harsh things and the the music critics at the time would get mad about their, you know, say they actually weren't good in fact because the unresolved harmonies present and stuff like that. Like that's the way people were talking about it at yeah. the time. Like they didn't know how good it feels to break the fucking rules and turn it up or be something go crazy just because there's more like that, that implication of I think distortion or anything is just that more is possible here than we can even get. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like if the PA system's not loud enough, all of a sudden you can imagine whole new experiences that you've never yeah. even thought about. Like when you hear, you know, electric guitar, when you hear it the first time, you're like, well, that's something very, di- you know, way out there. But I mean, they didn't invent all that, but they just pushed a bunch of stuff over, over limits that just hadn't, I guess hadn't been done. I don't know why, how they knew to do it. I, um, when I was like 11 or 12, whenever it was Beatles anthology show came yeah, on, remember, remember that, that. like yep. the show at that time, you couldn't get a Beatles CD that didn't exist. It was only records uh-huh. or the radio if you caught it. So if you didn't have records, you couldn't listen to them. And so I taped all the video of the show when it came on TV. And then I would turn my TV in my room all the way up and just to along, listen to it, to play along, oh, to play, play drums. Because the way I'd play drums back then would be to have my boombox turn Oasis all the way up or Smashing Pumpkins all the way up to 100 mm-hmm. and play along. So it was just loud boombox and Aaron playing drums. But for the Beatles, I had to do that on the TV. With the TV. Yeah. yeah. I remember that was Free as a Bird and some other song that came out then. Well, even just all the like Ed Sullivan performance. I'd play along. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. Like wow. the or uh, the My Life when they're doing like a montage with the piano song or whatever. It's funny, but yeah, I think of the Beatles and then just, I mean, if I mapped it, I just, I kind of feel like, and I mean, I'm not comparing the acts. I'm just saying you have Beatles, then Metallica and Nirvana. Like that's, those are just kind of, there's some other stuff in between, but those are the kind of bands where they become so iconic in their personality, you know, the personalities and everything like total. Cause I was thinking Metallica is some kind of monster. Like you were talking about that the other day. And that's the similar thing to this Beatles. Like Metallica is enough people and personalities and musical like uniqueness to have transcended that level where you can make a, there's some kind of monster or this Beatles thing is kind of like that. It's like the dynamics that exist in that system is on such another level that you just, just to look at it is just fascinating. And then Nirvana's, you know, Dave Grohl and Kurt Cobain in the same band. That's pretty insane. Yeah, I don't know what edit the there, but if anybody missed, Toby's son had an injury, maybe a wiener injury is the rumor, um, and so they're gonna they're going to the doctor. I think everything's probably okay, but we're gonna we'll go on and do the pod, finish the podcast. And Devin has joined us. Yeah, I'm time. here. Sorry, I'm late, guys. Good to see you, Devin. You too, Matt. We Lunsford, were, you have a you have a 
child uh, penis injury yeah. story, right? Yeah, I don't know if we ever talked about that live, but we Hank might have had his uh, on the trampoline somehow. Magnolia was jumping and did a jump into Hank and almost ripped his dick off. <laughs> somehow, I don't. I didn't see it happen, and no, of course they couldn't really explain how it happened. But it came very close to just it ripped. It did rip some amount, and so I don't know. I don't know the amount wow. more force that would have been needed to rip. Oh, you know, to- <laughs> totally. Like I mean, rip your dick off sounds like something that's in a it, only in fantasy, like in some yeah, crazy. No, it, you know, just yeah. a, even the phrase is a parody of something that could never really ha- would oh, really man. happen. Rip your dick off, <laughs> yeah, right? It, was, it almost so, happened to him. It was so terrible. Buddy came. I was working in the basement. Buddy came in to tell me, and like in that way where he was genuinely concerned. Yeah, like something, Dad. Right. It not like oh, Dad got Hank got hurt. He's crying. Like Buddy was very concerned, and I was like, <laughs> all right, this must not be good. Buddy is scared right now. But Hank was. What was Hank doing? Hank was just sitting there, kind of like maybe in shock, mm-hmm. uh, as much as a four year old could be, I guess, because he wasn't crying. He was just sitting there looking down, like saying, "Like Dad, my pee pee, my pee pee, it hurt, it hurt." And I'm like, "All right, let me look at it." And I looked, and there's a lot of blood. Oh my god! Like, and I was just like, I almost wanted to throw up or some. I don't know. I mean, I immediately thought, "Shit, his life might be like ruined right now." Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, you get that uh, feeling when you have oh, to man. dig deep. You're like, okay, like you just take, like you go to another level of like, okay, your awareness goes to this deeper, wider one. You go, okay, I'm going to deal with this next thing now. Yeah. So, so I'm I, not going to actually worry about it. I'm just going to deal with it. And I'm going to go to that mode. Yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah. I call Cassie. I'm like, we're coming to get you. We, we got a, Hank has to go to the ER right now. So we went and got Cassie from work and went to the ER. It was fine. Yeah. But he had to get stitches. <laughs> Yeah. I'm kind of concerned about when my one of my kids has a real severe injury because I I'm not sure I can handle it very well. Now I know that I'll probably go into that mode of you know I know this is it I got to do this, so I I probably will enter that mode at the moment. But it really kind of freaks me out because if I yeah. see a broken appendage or something like, it's going to be bad for me because I don't like that stuff. But luckily Megan. It doesn't face her at all. No. Huh? So if she's That's around, well, yeah, if she's she's around, then I'll be good to go. But if she's not around, I'm I would not hope, sure. I would hope not. <laughs> 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 what if Megan was? What if Megan couldn't handle it? And <laughs> she, she acted like that every day at her job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind blood. I just don't like broken yeah. bones mm-hmm. and weird injuries you know what i mean i don't mind blood though. but when you had to deal with something you just go okay you just think for like there's a second where you think what nobody else if once you realize you're the one that is the one that's gonna there's that anybody else there's nobody else or the other right. people aren't gonna be as calm as you once you realize you're actually in that spot you're usually able to do whatever you ever have to do. But there's yeah. a cool thing that happens when you're with another person where sometimes one person will literally just go ahead and freak out, in which case the other person <laughs> never freaks out, if you notice that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if one person does, the other person will not. They'll say, because then they'll see that person freak out, and that'll, that'll make them not freak out because they know do they you, can't at that point. You know what I mean? Do you think... I mean, that not never. Pe- I'm just saying. I think. Do you think that's some there. people's um, 
like you think that's just their plan is to freak out first i don't think well maybe you know what i mean maybe yeah i don't like, think if it's i can freak out you th- <laughs> but no but some people think i, think I don't want to deal with responsibility it might be a momentary strategy that occurs to them i like wouldn't they, say plan <laughs> well no, you know but i'm saying like but yeah they might think i don't want to deal with this type of responsibility it, so it i'm just going to take the easy way out quick it would have to do if in their mind they already understood like if it, like let's just say there was two cops standing near you and anything crazy happened you would never think i'm going to deal with this if you already knew there's two cops near you and anything crazy right. happens you know to go ahead and freak out and get out of the way just let it go that's yeah. all you would have to do so it depends on your already present awareness of the situation you already were in before that moment struck and then when that moment strikes you'll respond however that would be unless you become surprised because the person you would normally think would be having their composure didn't all of a sudden you go oh shit so i need to probably and then you probably would right so i don't know i don't know how it just kind of seems that way isn't it such a good feeling when you go into an environment us being dads when you go into an environment where that response, that weight of the responsibility is gone, yeah, isn't that like, isn't that a, such a neat feeling? Yeah, I think like it's because you, can, you know you have it. And most it. times, as a dad, you know it's like you, you always you're on in some sense on duty in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you feel that you don't have that duty, that feels good. Yeah, yeah. Really I mean, good. I can like physically feel it. Like I'm just like, all right. Like, what are those situations? Anytime, on you tour. know, yeah, when you, when we're going, so, yeah. you know, playing acoustic shows or going yeah. on tour that first, <clears throat> the first day, you don't really have any real responsibility other than just get to your flight and get where you're going. So it's just kind of like, okay. It's nothing it, like the know, old days when there was no cell phones though, oh, or just no, limited. You're still tied to the, that, yeah, you still get a little bit tied to it. You still have responsibilities, even remote <laughs> now more than True. you used to. That's funny. Oh, speaking of traveling, let's, I got the call to action list and all the stuff we got going on. And the main one, obviously, speaking of acoustic shows, is Knuckle Breaker Bash on Friday night. And yep. St. Louis, Emory Songs and Stories, is Thursday night in St. Louis. And they're both at emorymusic.com. Looking forward to that, except for, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I'm not making the trip um, because my wife is gone to England for a funeral. And we just made it work out this other way, which is no problem. So Devin and Toby will be there. Sprinkle will be there still and Aaron Marsh and stuff. But I'm not going to be making that trip. So I'll, I'll miss y'all, Devin. I won't get that feeling. I know, man. I miss being there. And I have the opposite feeling because my wife is out of town. So I have more responsibility <laughs> have now than responsibility. I've ever had. Yeah. This would be the highest moment of responsibility in my life as we speak at this time. This would be the, the apex this is it? moment. Well, yeah, I think so. You've but, never been alone with your kids? Not not for three trip? days with my wife on another continent. Where, well, you know that's what I mean? true. Like that's so, true. it's like I I already have to think through. Like if I get really confused here, what neighbor am I going to go get help from? <laughs> you know, that's the way I have to think. Um, but it's like, wait a second. Like I can't. Like I have to really pay attention here to a lot of stuff, kind of thing. But I think everything is fine. But at this time, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a day and a half in, and I'm okay so far. But that's that's where I'm at. You can mitigate it, you know, like. You just order pizza. Lots We're fine. Of screen yeah. time. Yeah. Like, Lots of screen time. Not, not saying you can't cook, but I'm saying, like, I do all the cooking, but if Cassie goes out of town, not cooking for me mm-hmm. and the kids. Like, I'm yeah. ordering them Papa John's and I'll order something good from Uber Eats or something. 
and then they play video games and I do nothing too. And it's nice. Yep. Yeah, in a right. lot of ways it's better. It's there's yep. I mean, I'm I've already enjoyed my last day. It hasn't been overwhelming yet and things have gone smoothly because probably because I have to have more awareness of it. But yeah, I'm making economical decisions and it feels pretty good so far. So um also let's see what else i got here is last chance to buy a custom song this year devin and toby are doing custom songs they're awesome mm-hmm. that's at emorymusic.com also um and so and then anybody want to do an ad for marriage supply toby toby's not here he usually does it but they got a christmas box filled with stocking stuffers Ooh. to make your stuffing your spouse's stuffing your spouse's stocking easy this year so you know what i'm saying just Stuffing, stuffing just stuffing, stuffing. <laughs> just you know stuffing. <laughs> I'm gonna stuff, here. I'll you know? do a little marriage supply thing. <laughs> I think the marriage supply. I think the goal for marriage supply should be to have one dildo in every American home <laughs> in, within ten years. Within ten years. To I mean be, that. Yeah. You know, every hotel has a Bible. Yep, kind of like the Gideons. Yes, and mm-hmm. every American household has one marriage supply dildo. Yep, that would be you know, good. It'd be a, That's a great the goal. business model. You find a, a benefactor, I guess it would be, somebody who wants to make that happen. So mm-hmm. that basically funds like the Gideons. Uh-huh. So you we'll need buy, funding, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, they'll buy a billion dollars <laughs> worth of dildos from marriage supply, and you yeah. just distribute them for free. Yeah, it might be yes. after the next crash or whatever, a president could – Really put that in, like to a go back to work kind of program. It had to be American made. We got to get one in every home. You know what I'm saying? We got to get back on track. That would be a good campaign. But How be, did 10% all- off uh, everything at Marriage Supply with your code BCPOD and make sure to order by December 16th to get it by Christmas. Got it. Um, so to kind of go off what you're saying, since Bridge is going to be out of town. There's one thing I have found, and I think it works the same way for our wives when we're on tour. <clears throat> they wouldn't, I don't think our wives would allow us to know this because they want us to think it's harder. Mm-hmm. But it's now, easy. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it, it, it isn't hard. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying it is harder with just one parent, of course. But when you, when, when your spouse is gone, you, you flip modes right so Mm -hmm. you you flip into this new mode of like you know there's no help coming yeah yeah you know what i'm saying so like you're on your own every normal day let's say megan gets off at five o'clock i know oh okay megan's gonna be home by about five or five thirty that's well you know dinner will be going we'll figure this out she takes kid here i take this and it's a teamwork thing and that's all good but then when she for some reason she if she texts me at 4 45 and says hey i'm not gonna be home till 6 30 i'm like oh my gosh you know, I get frazzled. Like, what What am I going to do now? You know what I mean? But when she's gone, she's been gone for probably a week before. I was like, oh, this is a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost how I felt. I mean, obviously, it's difficult putting, you know, there's times a day, bedtime's hard. But, like, you know, you just are in that mode. You're like, help's not coming. Yeah, so, so the first time she gets home after she's you, she's guilted you for like a hundred times in a row, and you thought it's, I got to be so bad, and I feel so guilty about guilt. The first time <laughs> she comes back home from a trip when you were home with the kids, you're like, In- "Very interesting." <laughs> okay, <laughs> now, now I'm I, now. I get okay, okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I 
<laughs> yeah, I'm basically having that experience, to be honest. You know, I'm hoping, I'm I mean, ho- you know, but I'm hoping for an Omicron lockdown on the intercontinental <laughs> Omicron get, lockdown. You're getting stuck. Yeah, that'd be, you know how great that would be? If she gets stuck in Europe with Omic- on an Omicron lockdown. <laughs> For like a that month. Be, I mean, what didn't unreal. happen? What happened at the beginning of the pandemic? People got stuck, didn't they? I mean, that yeah. happened to people, yeah. For weeks? Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> that would just be so funny. I mean, do you, there's no way that, like, I don't know how to say it, but, I mean, okay, so if it's like that, we'd miss, like, she'd miss Christmas in this scenario. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, just, she gets, like, January 9th or something. You know, when everything <laughs> chills back out. That, that would be so funny. There's no way you would not hold that whole time memory the rest of your life. is just the, like, whatever oh, yeah. came of it would be so cool for your rest of your life. Like, it would suck. More for her, probably. But I don't know. Maybe she would, like, it would be cool. Travel like, and see stuff. <laughs> it wouldn't be that crazy. It just would happen. You're just like, mom didn't come up for Christmas. It's like a Home Alone reverse plot or something. I don't know. But it would be so memorable. It would be worth it. That would be so crazy. Who would be more sad, you or her? I would laugh and say, not me. But there probably a moment would come <laughs> where I would yeah, not be. be I, like, would say, oh. I would feel. Because I, I don't really like to be alone like that. I mean, yeah. I don't really like it. Um, but I like it more now than I used to. I'm more open to it now in a way. But even like just, the, you know, the first, it just feels, I don't think it feels scary, but it feels scarier because I can't, I don't have an adult to talk to is what, do you know what right, I mean? Like I have a right. need to say stuff out loud and somebody be able to hear me so I can make yep. sure it makes sense that what I'm thinking, I say it. And then I, when I hear it, I go, that makes sense or it doesn't. That's a lot of the way I bang around navigating the world. So I feel like I got to talk talking to Alexa or something, you know. Bridget can get stuck in match. Like, hey, I think we should make the podcast like daily, maybe. Or- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just need a maybe podcast more- every day while she's gone. Maybe morning and night. It's only tw- two days. That's right. Maybe do two a days for a while. That's all. It would be great though. Imagine that. I just do, do a couple hours of podcast with y'all every day, and she didn't come back till January. It'd be great. <laughs> Kids are fine. I mean, I'm worried about them. Hey, whatever. That's funny. <laughs> I gotta take. I gotta definitely give them one bath. Is the uh, I know on my list, and um, the just you know not missing getting to any schools. And I think if I can do those two things, we're gonna be good. Yeah, those are the, those are the hardest times of day, morning and night. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the hardest time. I mean, it gets a little frantic sometimes. I feel like I'm I'm just always trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what yep. it feels like for me in the morning and the night. Yeah, but there's something about the like. I mean, you know, there's lots of single parents. Like it's oh man, there's a lot of people who prefer single parenting. You know, there's a lot of parents who prefer to do it that way. That you don't hear a lot of. You think they really prefer it, or they just prefer not with the the spouse they had? I think a lot of people prefer it. To be honest, well, okay, not like I'm saying most, but I believe there are a great number. It's an extremely underreported group. There's lots of things that are underreported. You know, certain things are just mm-hmm. underreported. People don't, it doesn't get talked about. But that, I think that's one is a lot of single parents think that's better for them. I'm not saying, I'm not making any judgments or anything, but I do mm-hmm. think that's a, a, there's a decent amount of that. I mean, it's obviously more moms than dads, given the possibilities, of course. Yeah. But I do think there's a lot of single moms mm-hmm. that they don't feel, they feel that that's what they want to be. 
That's interesting. And I they mean, might I, do well. There's a lot of, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of single moms that have careers and do well, and they yeah. might not need, you know, they might not need us for anything or something. Right. I mean, uh, the widowed father, though. Yeah, now that's, that's crushing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's crushing. Yeah. I mean, that is. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad position. But that's, that's a pretty good spot. That's where the reporting would go because he could never admit that this. Yeah, and he could. Right, he couldn't admit the preference. <laughs> he would. He would never right. need to. It's like he doesn't need to be vocal about that. Nor does this. Because, you know what I mean? I mean? It doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah, you look at it in many ways. It's obviously better <laughs> it's like somehow like more uh fun maybe <laughs> <laughs> you'd be treated unilaterally better by everybody in society yeah. so how is you that not true like you would be yes. your position the way you would be treated by every person that knew any facts about your life would be a significant upgrade yes yes but you know but you're still dealing with it. that you know, there's got to be some loneliness there, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think there has to be. So I guess it just depends on the weight of what costs more to certain people. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I mean, seriously, I'm not sure I could. De- I think the loneliness would be too much of a weight for me. You know what I mean? I, I could deal with the, uh, you know, the friction, I guess, more than I could deal with the loneliness. But you'd have to say that depends on the quality of the relationship. I mean, just think of the difference in spectrum of the way that the lead singer of Emory might feel and the lead singer of As I Lay Dying might feel, for instance. (laughs) They may have totally different feelings about the scenario they found themselves in. (laughs) You know, not one size fits all. That's true. People have different preferences, you know, that's all I'm saying. And you can't judge. I'm not here to judge. judge. No. 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 Who am I? Who am that's I just, to judge? Yeah, that's just the way you roll. I'm I'm pretty happy that I didn't marry someone that I eventually wanted to kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least not yet. Right? I mean, yeah. I'm not there yet. I'm not saying yeah. I won't ever be there. Man, so we're on band <laughs> dynamics anyway. Lunsford and I were talking about um, – we're going to stay on it all night, too. Um, Lunsford and I were talking about the some kind of monster But when you came in. Because we were talking about oh, the yeah, Beatles and they have that thing. And then mm-hmm. uh, Lunsford was watching some kind of monster the other day, and I was watching it. I watched it some recently, too. It's so good. And, I, you know, it's something it, – I mean, that's just – that. I don't know if everybody's seen that or not. But, Lunsford, what was you thinking the, the best thing about that in your mind is? I wanted well, to really talk about it. just that – you watch some kind of some kind of monster about Metallica, the biggest metal. I mean, how big are they? As big as you can no, get. That's what I'm saying. It's, after the no, Beatles, it's like the most iconic, yeah. like rock bandy thing. Yeah, there's it's no the bigger band. Just the biggest band, and like, just total goobers, goofball <laughs> dummies. Once you get the cameras on them, you're like. This is every band, and it's even worse than just some bands. Even mm-hmm. like they're less competent than many bands that you probably know in a lot of ways. And just getting to witness that those personalities that are just so absurd, and because you you always think when you're in a band like, oh, I can't relate to Metallica. Yeah, you can. Oh, you can. <laughs> you yeah. really can because 
Oh, there's not, it's nothing special, and it, because they're so big, it seems even goofier. Like, I, there's so many things I like about it. One, Kurt is such a nice, sweet, soft person. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Which is very <laughs> cute and, like, wholesome in a way. And then, like, Lars, I was, like, it was bumming me out because I was like, fuck, I'm Lars in my band. Like that. <laughs> And what like, what qualities of Lars on highlight there that you think resonate? Well, like when he you? was like, there's one, one, the way he is in the studio, like he's actually a creative force and it's trying to drive things. So me and Cody, as dysfunctional as our personal relationship can be, is not like that in the studio. So not quite like him and James where they don't get along, but similar in that way where like he was like in the mixed mix of it all. And then also the part where he's like, when James is coming up with all these rules about like, they want to be done at two o'clock every day. And he's like, what are we doing? I thought we were in a fucking rock and roll band. Like, <laughs> like what are all these rules for? And like, Lars just wants to keep the show going, you know? And it feels like he's all, he's fighting against the one guy who can stop the show at any time. Cause mm-hmm. if James is out, then it's over. Right. Right. And so yeah. I'm just like, shit, this is me. Like, this is how I felt like so much like that lacking the power to keep it going and trying to like, like always looking. He, he's Lars is looking at everything the band is doing. And like, why are we being so fucking stupid about shit right now? Why is our band so dumb? Uh, but like almost no ability to actually steer the ship and control it or be a real leader. And your thoughts on <laughs> Lars's drumming itself is what? Oh, low, very just low, low forever. <laughs> yeah, low. yeah, just low. Yeah, bad. Very but that's bad. just something remarkable about Lars that he's been such an iconic drummer. Like my whole, uh, like for me to understand aggressiveness and double bass from Metallica one is like that's as that's as breakthrough drum as there can be, and it's from yeah. the guy that that doesn't isn't very very good at playing the drums or something. Yeah. But so he does have something creative that he's able to do that much and do, you know, that monster drums on sad, but true or something like that's him. And that's well, so like, badass. It's not even, you know, that's him doing it. So they are good for the songs. And I guess that's the way I probably feel about myself too. I feel like I'm really good for the songs that I played on, but not Aaron, Glenn. you know, you do a poll in the labeled group. Who's your drummer <laughs> for your band? Like nobody's saying Lunsford. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't happen it's always uh gillespie or uh uh fucking abr griner griner you know somebody like that so I, yeah i guess maybe i feel for lars and just see myself in him but <laughs> i was sad. i was trying to see emory and i was watching i was like all right is emory like this at all and it's tough. Emory is not a good parallel to that documentary. No, y'all y'all what? operate almost like a um, almost like a a hedge fund or something. I don't know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like it's just very different. It's all very calculated and uh, creative, but there that in that conflict of like trying to keep it all together. I feel like it's the same. We have a different That's temperature funny. we're able to operate on than other bands for some reason. You know, a higher probably trust level or something. That yeah. I mean, it's just not that. Oh, I mean, the easiest way to say it would probably say it's usually some. Hard, I mean, most of these dynamics have that 
the super big ego then dealing with a whole band is the most common. And so by the time you have co-lead scream singers and a screamer and then, a, you know, a forceful member like me, that's pretty – that's more – it's evening out a little bit. Like Toby doesn't get to even be the whole lead singer. Yeah. You know, not even at all. And Josh will get in, in his way, like, and then he'll, he'll accept that. You know what I mean? Or Devin sings. You know, like, so right. it's already built in that it's like – um you, kind of in balance somehow, I think. Something about that. So yeah. it's not, it's just, or whatever reason, we just don't really get, we don't fight creatively that bad for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have yeah. to, to get get the job done, it doesn't seem. Yeah, we never really have. N- I've never ever if... fought about music. Like we fought about anything we might want to fight about, but it wouldn't almost ever be how the about music. part or something. No, like, no, no, not about a song or anything like that. There was something in there. I can't remember, but it reminded me of a thing that happened with us in the band room, rehearsal room one day. Cody had jammed with some other drummer working on some song because, like, if we weren't around, he would just have a guy, like, every once in a while sit in. Like, hey, I got this idea I'm trying to flesh out. Will you just play? And I was playing some beat, and he said, well, this other guy played, you know, like this, and it worked. And I was like, get the other guy. (laughs) (laughs) Get the other guy to beat. I mean, that would be so good in the documentary, you know? I know. Yeah, that's what I was like. Get the other fucking guy. Give a fuck about that guy. Who the fuck is he? (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. It's so funny because, like, our drummer, Dave, he probably would feel that way, but he would never – say that <laughs> right because like we i mean me and matt pretty much drive what dave is gonna pl- n- not full i'm not i'm not taking any credit away from dave but generally a lot of times the way we write music and sometimes toby will do the same thing is you have a specific drum part in your head yeah for a part that you wrote so and i i try to give as much freedom as possible but a lot of times I'm like, nah, I really, you know, it really needs to be like this. And Toby's kind of this way too. If it's a little off from what he was thinking, he just can't accept it. He he's the worst person ever to describe the part. Yeah. But but somehow or another, Dave will get it and then eventually get get there. But it's interesting though because we're talking about that kind of band. I wonder if this is not totally accurate, but sometimes it feels like the more a band feels like they deserve the worse they become. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Like, so Metallica, I mean, they of course get anything they want. There's no question about that. So, but it feels like we've, and I'm not even saying we don't think that way. Like we've probably felt that way before. Like, Oh, we deserve more success or more of this or more of that. But in some ways it feels like there's always a little bit of that. They've gotten this to this level and there's this, they deserve something, you know, for their band. And so it kind of, Make, but with each other, I tension. think is what they say. It's like they—they they all. Everybody typically has a pretty strong. It would if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, I think yeah. is the is the feeling that really becomes. Right. I don't know. If I would call it toxic, but there's this. But if I didn't do that, we would. You wouldn't be here without me or whatever. It's like if you have to really hash that out. There's no good way to hash it out. Like if you have if you have yeah. to prove it, that's not that's going to be a problem. Yeah, like yeah, you, you can think oh, yeah. it, you can feel it, but if you're gonna need to prove it or have other people vocalize it or something, that's gonna get weird. You know what I mean? I can't so you have to just accept it. I can't understand watching it like when they're writing riffs and stuff like that on that on that documentary, and you know they're you know you do that thing, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's tight. Like how they came from 
doing the shit they did like on the black album or ride the white, like those riffs. And then those were great. But then on this one, they were doing those and we're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. And then Bob <laughs> rock, the producer was also just like, fuck yeah. Like how, how does that even happen? How does that allowed to get through? Well, the producer is the interesting factor there. And Bob Rock is awesome, but yeah. he is a producer in the sense where he, I mean, he's playing the producer as he knows his role is to feed egos, essentially. Yeah. Like he understands that first, not what's the better riff or you guys were like, he would ne- he's not going to, if he's decided to take on this project, he understands these egos at their highest is really what I'm trying to get. So I, he has to be supportive of and guide in a way. So he's already going to like it no matter what. Even yeah. if it's wrong, like wrong in the big sense, he will have already, you know, you know what I mean? Like he will have already moved past that and moved into making it the best it can be like a football coach with a team that's not very good. That's funny. I, I I looked up his discography while I was watching it, and I was so delighted that he did Michael Bublé Christmas album. He did, <laughs> yes, he oh, did. He's cool. done two Michael Bublé records, and one of them is the Christmas album, which I listen to nonstop this time of year. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great I'm watching one. the Metallica thing. I'm like, who else is Bob Rock done? Because I, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. I was like, Michael Bublé, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that I is think funny. That, um that the Lars way is kind of probably like they're saying Paul is in the Beatles when not that he's anything like Paul, but he is, you know, but, but James is more like John probably in that way. Yeah. And so, so the the next guy has to be more of a the try hard type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. James is very sensitive. Yeah. Right. Like, and super defense, you know, yeah. What are my favorite parts of that? So one of my favorite parts is when, um, Kirk says, what does he say? Can I say, can I say something I think is bullshit? Can I, he finally says, <laughs> yeah. say, can I say something I think is bullshit? And like was, never I think the thing he said was bullshit was that they don't do enough guitar solos. Yeah. <laughs> because they used to do guitar solos, and now there's like, there's no solos, but like maybe a good solo, you know? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> and then the part where Lars is stoked about the song and shows his dad. Oh, this, that's my favorite. <laughs> for sure. His dad Lars's says, dad. what does his dad say? He goes, I would say... <laughs> Delete, delete it. He goes, I think it's, yeah, he said, if I were you, I would delete that. And he Lars said, he is goes, so I mad. just don't think so. I really don't think so, he says. It's and I said, oh, really? Well, the, the record label said it was the, probably should be the first single or something. <laughs> he said, I really like don't a, think so. Like his dad, like, nope. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I, what, I, are some, what are some other good music documentaries? I'm trying to think. Um, any that take it seriously, I don't like in a way. Like any yeah. that are trying to, like that Jack White one, incredibly loud and close. Or yeah. what, what was that one where they're playing in a room? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, here's how great all these people are. That's not interesting oh, yeah. to me. Yeah, but that's what I think is cool about Metallica for doing it. Like, they, of course, they know it makes them look foolish, but that's so yeah. badass. Like, that's so cool <laughs> that they did it. You know? Yeah. Like, for sure. that makes them better than everybody to me just that they will do that like that why not like do it put it out there make it be that way i love it did y'all see any of that adele thing recently no you don't see that it was like a live on tv concert or whatever and all the celebrities are just sitting there at the show it's like an outdoor <clears throat> little small amphitheater type thing and of course she's a great singer and everything 
But it was just so funny because it was all celebrities just, you know, just dancing and like getting into it. It was pretty funny. But I saw a video. It was a good, I mean, it was a good show, of course. Like, it's very well done, of course. Um, but it was funny because I saw a video of Seth Rogen. Oh, I heard about it, this. Yeah. Did you see that? I, I didn't see it, but I heard, yeah, I heard about it. Well, just in the video, he's he's on some talk show or night show or something. But he's talking about, he's like, so him and his buddy had tickets and they smoked a ton of weed. He said, right before the show, just going to chill and watch Adele. And so they didn't have their seats or anything. It wasn't like <clears throat> you picked your seats. It was just like buy your ticket, whatever. So they get there. It turns out that somehow they got seats one A and one B. <laughs> so it was like Adele and then them right there. I mean, just there. And they were super high. <laughs> and so he, Seth Rogen said he got there. He was like, why are we sitting here? And he looked behind him. It was Michael B. Jordan. You know, it was like all these huge celebrity superstars. <laughs> and then all he could think was like, they're just, they have to be looking at me like, why is Seth Rogen in one A? And so he was just drinking, but it showed like a little montage of him trying to, because he said, I just wanted, I was trying to be cool. You know, I was trying to act cool, but I was so high and I couldn't, you know what I mean? And so he just, the whole time he's, you know how he's awkward anyway. Yeah. He just, the whole time he's just kind of like acting like, you know, he's just acting like a normal celebrity person sitting there watching Adele, but he's feeling like the most outcast person in the whole place which i'm sure he was it was very funny you should hear him tell the story and he was saying he didn't realize they were filming either right oh yeah he didn't know it was like a big thing he thought he was going to a show yeah he was going to a show it was a huge production (laughs) now there's cameras around him (laughs) like Like, drones and he said there was a camera on his face the entire show (laughs) (laughs) so all he could do is like try not to be a total idiot i was trying to think do females do vasectomies probably yeah, probably. There's got to be a percentage, a small percentage. I mean, probably. I don't re- really don't know. Is I it, mean, there's a lot of male gynecologists. Right, I mean, and I don't really understand that either. If, I mean, now that we have female doctors. Yeah. Because for a while, it just wasn't. <laughs> Maybe they're just that, catching up. Yeah, yeah that's I a guess. catch-up not there thing, yet. yeah. But you, you, would think you, would, you would think you would have mostly the same, you know, of – You'd have mostly the, I don't know. I guess it does. It have, I mean, does that make more sense that it's the st- the equipment you have as a doctor makes you any better at it? But it's more comfortable. But would it make you better at your job? I don't, know. I don't think it has to make you better. But it would make the patient more comfortable, largely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here, here's a scenario. If you let's say you needed a vasectomy. And they were like, okay, listen, we got two doctors for you. One, Mr. Jones. Honestly, he's not that great. He's not bottom of his class, but not great. But he'll get mm-hmm. the job done. Mm-hmm. Or we have the best doctor three, three available. Three and a half Uber stars he's got. Yeah, yeah but we have <laughs> Almost the top, all good. We have the top doctor in America uh, for vasectomies. And, but she is Scarlett Johansson's twin. She is extremely... <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever your version, that's my version of the hottest. So think about, and you probably will get an erection, and it'll be okay. But we just wanted to make you aware. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when I was getting my vasectomy, I had a male doctor um, who I think my wife thought was attractive. Mm. 
I could just tell, you know what I mean? It was kind of an, not like anything was going on, but you could just tell, oh, she yeah. was laughing more than normal. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Um, but he was a good looking guy. But anyway, so he gives me the drug, whatever, Versed or whatever, where you don't remember. <clears throat> so I started kind of fading a little bit and they roll me into the room <laughs> and I promise you the doors open and there's like four female nurses young pretty female nurses in there and i'm going to sleep <laughs> and i'm just like oh great i was like damn it and then out and then i'm like and that's there you go that was that's so you memory. were getting getting ready to and was it was your wiener and everything already out i mean i was in the gown you were in the gown and they were about was to do the out. procedure and you realized in yeah. that moment they were going to be there for the procedure and then you passed yeah. out <laughs> I'm about to pass out, and three females are going to be looking at my junk. He was like, "Okay, well, directly, y- y'all have fun. I'll see y'all later." <laughs> that was exactly what it was. I was. Like, damn it, I'm out. Boom. Oh, that is funny. Yeah, that's why I didn't get anything to pass me out. I was just fully awake. Most people don't. I don't think I would have taken it, but I wasn't off. It was great. It was great. I want to go back to dysfunctional bands just a little bit more. So we've gone okay. through Emory a little bit, and we started to talk about as cities burn, we know it's dysfunctional to some degree. And I want to <laughs> just bring board from there into every time I die. As if, <laughs> where are we at on band dysfunction there? What's the read on the Metallica to the Beatles to the every time I die to as cities burn? <laughs> I don't know enough about them. I'm not like a – I'm just not a, I don't really follow that stuff, but I mean, I know who they are, obviously, and I know a little bit about them, but not enough to really say anything. But what could you infer when a lead singer seems to be on the outside of the rest of this band? I get it. Right? I get it. Yeah. Like you're saying that scenarios where the lead singer is at odds with the band, like what are the historical precedents, first of all? Strokes have that, don't they? Oh, do they? Okay, yeah. I think the Strokes have that thing where they they um like they won't the the band won't be in the room with the singer. They just make the music and then he really? comes in later and does. I didn't know that. Wow. I think that's where they were at on the at like the last album, which I think, which I love. Like just love it. I mean, it's unbelievable. But I think they complete the music and then don't be in the even interface. Isn't Blink One Eighty Two kind of like that? Too? Um, yeah. They've had problems, yeah. and uh, obviously uh, Oasis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were the worst. Yeah, very good, bad. It's good publicity, though. Is this not good? It is publicity. Yeah. Like it's a public war for the lead, between lead singer and a band in public in the middle of you know. Like I don't even know. It, I don't know what it all even is. Or it seems like they got it kind of settled, but it was volatile for a period. Is that right? Like a day or two. Yeah, but it's it's okay. I I don't know. I don't really understand. I saw some more tweets about it, like they were gonna, like he was gonna come back or something. But my my whole point is yeah. that all I, I saw everybody like, oh, without Keith, this is nothing. This is fucked up. Blah blah blah. I'm like, hold on. It's like you never you never thought about a band or observed a band or known a band where the whole band didn't want the lead singer around, and you think they're the problem. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, Where's the actual friction? I'm just saying the group, like the group gets it pretty right. I feel like usually. Yeah. It's hard to think of times when, you know, I mean, how, 
wherever I mean, you know what I mean? Like I guess it's always but the lead singer always gets support unless they do something bad though. If Lee Singer gets in trouble, which that's not this at all, right? That's the only time when it that all it can work. Otherwise, it seems like the lead singer always has the upper hand, no matter what. Yes. So yeah. it has yeah. to be, which should let you know, it has to be kind of approaching something of a deal for a band to act such a way, given the fact that they know that the lead singer bias is so high, right? You yeah. you know not to go against your lead singer as a band is all I'm saying. So you so you wouldn't willy nilly do so. Yeah, exactly. That's yes. Because you that know exactly you don't you're point. not you're not gonna have the upper hand in this one. Yeah, if, if it was to, to that public. point. Yeah, where you're like, well, this might tank our band. Yeah, you right? don't really want to pick that battle unless there's something where he's like, you know, like where you've been disgraced or something for some other thing. But that has nothing right. to do with this one. Oh boy! I mean, lead singers are something. I mean, and I am one. I'm a half. I'm a half of one. Yeah, I think that's the but key I mean, there. You're half of one. I guess it's because I'm a half of one. Yeah. Because I mean, we have met some real doozies. There's some real doozies <laughs> out there. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to start storytelling or anything, but you know, I mean, there's some. Cr- I mean, pretty wild stuff. And it's always so interesting because I think about our band. And I'm like, how did they get there? Like, how did how did they, they get the systems to balance get to get that far? You know, sometimes in those situations, I agree. It's just like, man, some nobody had the balls to say anything at any point, right? Yeah, you know what I mean, like, yeah. Or maybe they did and they got squashed or whatever, you know. But it's just like, gosh, and eventually they just don't say anything or it's it's out of control, and they're just like, okay. But I mean, I'm obviously don't know literally anything about the every time I die situation, but I've definitely met bands that it's gone that direction pretty hard. Well, so. you look they at have right. such a reputation for being like the fun. Well, let's see. What is their reputation? And I, I really don't, I mean, I don't know why we have no interface with them, but we just don't have any overlap at all. Don't even know. Them. It's been a warp tour with them, but not even talked. I don't think, but yeah, no, no. Um, which probably means they don't like us is probably obviously the answer. To, that's usually yeah. the answer when it's something bizarre, like bizarrely you don't, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, th- they have this reputation for the fun loving, you know, kind of clown fun, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, this is a little bit against that thing. But, yeah, I always think of us as the clown dumbass band, you know, that's that's right. we're, like we're a fun time band. I think of us as a fun time band, and they're in the they're in the category of fun time band, basically. Yeah, likes to like yeah. to have a sense of humor too. Like they have a sense of right. humor. I, I that's what everybody seems to appreciate about them that I like, and I hope this doesn't mean they're not real as fuck. Maybe this means they are super real and they just living hard. You know what I mean? But they're supposed to be fun guys, is my understanding. So yeah. hopefully they are. I mean, it's crazy because you're right. I used to always get every time I die and as I lay dying confused every <laughs> single time. And I promise you, it was probably a couple years ago that I was able to differentiate. But I, here, here's the thing. And I've been in a band for 20 years. But here's the thing. I heard their new album and it's really good. Everybody's saying that. Yeah, I, I mean, like it. I have never, I promise you, this is not even a joke. I don't know if I've ever heard an every time I die song. <laughs> I'm I'm hundred percent serious. I just never checked him out. I don't know why. Is he his legend is the closest? I think. Uh, yeah, I think he is legend yeah. in that fit and Maylene. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I do. I really, it's a fun I do, style. do like his legend. I mean, you know, it's got like some trashiness to it, you know, just kind of in a good way. Um, so I like that. But I, for some reason or another, I just never, never listened to him. But I did listen to the new album because I heard people talking about it, and it's actually very good. So how is it not a good? Like, how are we not to wear publicity? You wouldn't be at publicity stunts if Travis Barker's dating a Kardashian and stuff. Like, if we get to that, mm-hmm. if we're at that level of stuff. How is it not good to just do shit like that anyway? Like, it's not bad. It can't be even be bad for them. They'll probably just make up and be close brothers, like Aaron and Luke Rogers and stuff. I mean, you know, you could, like, but they're not even, you know what I mean? They're not even close now. But you could see how these big personalities can clash and then come back together and everything, probably, right? And yeah. then everybody everybody wins on the on the mayhem in the meanwhile like and then the media likes it now we're talking about it i mean in that in that kind of weird like it's all like uh like you just it's almost good publicity but mm-hmm. even if it's not fake somehow well, what could emory because it's real i mean if it's real then i kind of think that's kind of something about I me mean, it's like metallic it's like it's kind of fucking cool right like he's just yeah. saying that stuff about yeah. his brother is band. like that's pretty fucking funny Right, and they'll probably get over it and be and, and the Devin and me are listening to them on Spotify this week because of it. So that's it's every true. it's kind of like that's, everybody wins, like it's Matt, gonna, and they're point. gonna they're gonna have that's this festival point. next week. It'll be pretty exciting, kind of like Matt. You you fucked up saying why you're not coming to the knuckle breaker thing. You should have left it ambiguous. You should have uh, left yeah, it ambiguous. Yeah, I should have. Yeah, I should have said like oh, whenever no. you didn't show up, Devin and Toby. Yeah. Should have announced yeah, a hiatus. Yeah, it's it's weird For right now. Re- uh, yeah, mental health hiatus. Or I should have said, yeah. what, should I have said? <laughs> what should I have said? What should I have said? I love that I, I feel something. I'm nervous that you're like you're making fun of mental health is like such a that's a taboo now. I'm not going like, to. I'm not going to make fun of it. I'm just saying right, there's some, there had to be something, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, I do. I'd love to. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to make jokes in this territory. Now you're right, but I have lots of good ideas for them. But I won't. Okay. I do want to ask this though, and maybe it's not a great question to ask, but <clears throat> what does it mean when people say I'm gonna going to focus on my mental health? What does that mean? Can you tell me what that means? I. And I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be dumb. I it's, just, okay, it's, I want to. I almost feel like it's a retreat. Like I'm going to go to a is. retreat or something. It That's is. what it feels like. It is like that. It's it's similar to. It's similar to divorce taboos. Okay, so let's just take the just chill off of mental health because you're not allowed to yeah, talk I'm about off. it. Okay? I'm off it. But it used to be it. just you know a cycle or two ago talking about divorce was pretty taboo and stuff like that. You know That's what I mean? True. And so we still all act that way, and people project that, that they say, my, my marriage has never been better, and I'm taking some <laughs> right, time to focus right. on my family. It just means give me, you know, it's like you don't. Less distractions. I'm not going to talk about this with any, nobody better ask me any questions about this is what it, it means. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It means yeah. privacy, please, basically. So for whatever right. that can be for whatever reasons, but it's uh, it's just one of those things where I don't know what it, the you know the, the word stigmas there. So you get these stigmas, they and then there's taboos, but and then 
we have to, for long periods of time, not talk about certain things. And so we're in one of those times of mental health. So therefore, it can mean almost nothing when people try to talk about it. So very hard to talk about something that obviously, you know, is important. And you are not really supposed to ask questions about it almost ever because that would be always an whenever the moment comes where you might want to ask questions, that's an inopportune moment. Same with what, you know what I mean? I can't imagine actually, you know, at your job now, you can say I need a mental health day. I can't imagine ever actually declaring that. (laughs) But you probably need them. I do. Yeah, I probably do need them. But I'm saying, can you imagine? I just, I can't imagine it. If you were having a mental health day, you would just call in physically sick day. You, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I would just. You I, would I'd say. Lie. I'd rather lie yeah. than than say whatever. You know. I mean, surely people take it that take advantage of that now, yeah. right? I mean, I mean of course of they course do. They do. That's what they just don't. They fake, just don't want to be at work. You fake calling in sick, and right. now if you say a mental health day, there's literally nothing you could. How how do you even contest that at all? Like, right. Oh, what are your symptoms? No, you know. But that I mean, it's bullshit to do that with sick. You know, like, are you like? I know. Oh, you got to get right. the doctor's note to come back to the grocery store. Like, I mean, get uh-huh. out of here. Like, what was that ever? I mean, from my yeah. point of view, like, I, how do people get in such situations where you got to get a note about stuff? Right. Like, and prove right. it to the guy that makes how much? The yeah. the <laughs> assistant manager here. I got a <laughs> what? <laughs> you know. They're not supposed to get to do that. I don't prove it. Yeah, you got to prove it (laughs) to the assistant manager that gets to stand in the little thing above the cashiers, and (laughs) or else you get fired or something. Like, yeah, I worked in kitchens where it was so it was serious enough to where you didn't you were not allowed to call out. You come in and the chef will tell you if you were sick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you come in and. I'll see how sick you are and, and decide whether or not you need to go home. So, well, geez. you know, that it's not fun. I don't think it should be that, but right. I just can't imagine actually telling my boss I'm taking a mental health day. I'm going to take one one day from something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe my kids, but one of these days I'm going to take one. Yeah. Well, I tried to ask for a decompressed day after tour, like after a, yeah, that one month four, <laughs> and the argument is solid. It would be better. It, it is. It would be better for my family, and for my wife. Okay, like, let's talk about that for just for a second. People that haven't ever been on tour don't know what you're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? Like there is a feeling that you have that right? is jarring when you come it's, back to it. It's like culture shock. That's that's the only especially if you have that's the kids, closest description, yeah, if you have right? Kids and stuff, stuff for sure. Yeah, but I'm a, you're a little like there's a little bit of you. You're in this mode for like a day. Yes. After you get home. Yeah. And it's really hard to shake. You just have to like the routine kind of breaks it. Yeah. <laughs> or something like when you go to your local coffee shop where you used to go and you're like, oh shit, people have been coming here the whole time I've been gone. <laughs> It sounds it like space on. travel, the way y'all talk right. about it. <laughs> yeah. It seems I mean, like you're you agree, having Matt? to come back in, re-entry, or after you've yeah. getting, gotten out of hypersleep or something. <laughs> do you not feel that? Um, yes, I do. I do. But I don't know. Um, 
I don't feel. I I probably don't feel it as much as you guys, but probably. I I, I know what you're talking about, but I'm 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 able to shift it. I think a little bit fast, more easily. But it's it feels like you are have to strap back on different amount of gravity, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I use the space travel. They get like a week. We can't get. One night? You're not supposed to go up too fast and scuba diving either. You know what I mean? Right. You get the bends. Right. It's a similar, it's just envi- environment change. Yeah, you're, you're right. In a it's whole probably social environment with a different level of responsibilities that, that yeah. I'm making. Well, maybe it's the full gravity, circle to what I said at the beginning. Is maybe you're putting the weight back on. Yeah, it's like you, know you, what I mean? you like have to recompress like is what put I was going to say. Yeah. Yoke back on. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, yeah. That's the way it feels. Yeah. Because it mean, felt of good. Remember when, when you got in, Toby picked you up, and you got to Applebee's that first night? Like, remember how good that oh, felt? Yeah. yeah. That wasn't hard, was it? To, was <laughs> no. that a hard transition? No. No. That was an easy transition. <laughs> you, 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 go. you didn't have any problem with that one. Yeah, you're you're launching. <clears throat> but when you come back, you have to put the, you know, back under one atmosphere of pressure. It's, it's you have to get yeah. reacclimated. That's why they say coming back down to earth. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I love my kids. I love seeing them. I love my wife. I love seeing her. But there's a transitional period. Mm-hmm. But maybe being at a hotel one night wouldn't help that. You don't think? You think it would? I, I really well, do think it would. I really do. Well, you're still kind of in travel mode. You know what I mean? You just go to a new but place. But you're by yourself at least. I think like, what you would true. need to do, hear me out, is you need to come home. And you need to do an acoustic set for your family the first night, <laughs> and have them really appreciate it. Just He's really like you treat you in. good. <laughs> yeah, and they treat you great. Like they appreciate you being there, and they listen, they sing along, and they just think of you as a rock star. So it's right. a transition out. And then the next day, you have to actually like do shit. But you get treated like you're in a green room the whole first day you get home. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> they're, they like they're you know what I mean. And then by the next day, you wake up then. You're back to. I mean, are you guys like? <laughs> I'm afraid to say that I'm tired when I get home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm a little afraid to say. Yeah, you, you're not supposed to I'm say tired. you're exhausted because we've been because just of, hanging yeah. out with your buddies and playing a show, yeah. re- playing a rock show once a day. Well, I think that I mean that's why I stopped getting early flights home because like I would get an early flight like out of sense of duty or something, and then I get home at like. 11 yeah. from the east coast after getting up at 4 30 and flying oh, six right. hours and now it's only 11 a.m at um the airport and we're on our way to ikea when i land Whoa. <laughs> and then we're going out to do that oh, like, oh they're you getting know? their day started oh yeah. she'll yeah she'll definitely do that that's what kind of woman she is that's what i'm gonna get her when she gets back i'm gonna do something <laughs> awful to her when she comes is. back from england the jet lag pick her up you gotta pick her up like all right picnic that i set up no we gotta go wait it weird. we gotta go wait in line at salumi yeah for a right. while yeah we're gonna do something just very yeah. she would be so mad at you because she just wants to <laughs> she wants to decompress oh yeah yeah she'll want to yeah she'll you know wanna. what i mean but kathy was giving me shit the other day she was talking about like i'm going out to lunch too much or whatever like you know, during the day, because she's at work and I'm working at home, and so I'm like, I go out and get Chick Fil A or whatever. She's like, it's not normal to eat out every day. And I'm like, <laughs> but it, but it is to me. It's more normal to eat out every day. In my my brain was conditioned to do that for a decade or more. Yeah. So what do you? That's true. What, what do you mean it's not normal? Because everybody I know that is normal. 
I think this day is pretty normal. I, that's what I feel like it is even normal just in general, but more so even for me and all my friends, like just mm-hmm. for a decade, I ate out every meal. So what now you just want me to not? Yeah. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Wanna... You shame me for it. <laughs> have y'all, I mean, have y'all noticed the increase in food <laughs> lately? I mean, I'm like actually really. I feel like I, this is the first time I've ever really noticed the increase in or something, what? and like the cost, cost of food, food. Oh, yeah. restaurants. I was like, oh my gosh! Like every time we eat somewhere, I, I don't know if I'm going more into dad mode, or if it's like it's the actual moment that it's it's. Pri- I know it, I know it's going up. But go eat. It's seventy five dollars yeah, to go eat out to eat out. no matter what. No matter where you go. With a big family, it's just not a, it's not a good thing. I mean, you can get through drive-throughs and manage, but still, you're like, well, yeah, if you don't have to tip or something, but yeah, yeah, but still, good lord, yeah, that's Every probably I- uh, you know, we're probably at the more of the beginning of that, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, is <sighs> sorry, you have to readjust the way you think about things like dollars i think a little bit like it's gonna feel just random things are gonna cost more that you won't you it won't better it probably won't make sense again it'll just be different things at different times that are over feel really overpriced or something from cars to rental you know Mm -hmm. just weird things you hear but then they never really go back down too much lumber went back down did lumber go back down it did yeah it went back down yeah because it was up it got almost back down to where it was but not not totally though. Yeah. So it'll be weird, no doubt about it. <laughs> but eating yeah, out I'm, is going to have to continue for most people, I think. It ain't going to stop. So there'll just be different ways of doing it'll it. It'll only I guess. probably only increase, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think cooking is a skill that people are going to learn. You know how the kids aren't really anxious to get their driver's license. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're that probably much wanting to learn to cook i could be wrong because they'll be at home more or something but it seems mm-hmm. like people are less most people that work jobs are less interested in cooking than so you think cooking will become more of a specialty like i don't know probably because it's gonna have to be every, easier every and easier ways to get cooking. drone delivery at, like if i'm telling you mcdonald's is able to deliver outrageous caloric density value of some foods like 100 percent never frozen fresh ground beef for a couple of dollars or a quarter pound or you know that's it's hard to if that is been able to be made available with technology and stuff then that's going to be hard to people to really work hard to learn the skill part of same as like learning to play the cello versus learning to make beats right you know yeah. like you just go straight to making beats you just order the uber eats well uber eats made it to where it used to be delivery was just chinese or pizza yeah now yeah, it's, it's just, just whatever restaurant you like. You want Ben and Jerry's and a cocktail and a yeah <laughs> hot dog with you know something special on it, like designer, and you can get all that. I'm probably lucky because my little town doesn't have anybody. You probably are lucky. You probably are lucky. I'm to saying have I limited am. Choices in that way. I mean, I go to McDonald's enough in my town, but I'm probably lucky because I would order more for. We sure. live in Seattle where. People would say there are the best restaurants on earth in within miles of me, and every time anybody's hungry, do we? There's nothing to even get. <laughs> right. There's right. No, I don't even. There's nothing. 
I swear, Bridget swears there's nothing even good anywhere, and she doesn't want anything. Can't even think of anything good most of the time when it's time to think of what to eat. So it, you're way better off to at least know there's nothing, or, you know, so True. you have a reason. But we, we do it to the, the whole city. So we, I eat McDonald's all the time. I mean, all the time. Love it. I have it. I have it on the app for my breakfast. So I just say, "Hey Siri, my breakfast number one," and then I drive up. <laughs> and then really? when I get there, it's, it's ready. Yeah, it's the wow. best. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I love That's it so much. Cool. It is good. I just eat sausage I mean, patties and coffee, and it's just so great. There's something about breakfast to me. Like, did, were y'all raised on like big breakfasts? No, nah, I'm not much on breakfast. I was raised on big breakfasts, <clears throat> like. Eggs and bacon and gravy, biscuits, sauce. I mean, it was like almost like, like every day, multiple times a week. Maybe not every day. We'd eat cereal sometimes, but yeah, multiple times a week was a big breakfast. We had this canned canned sausage. <laughs> it was so gross. What? It was like Toby knows what it is. It was like, canned sausage. It's called buck sausage or something. Yeah, bulk sausage. You'd heat it up, bulk sausage. You'd heat it up on the stove. And then I have it mixed with gravy and eggs. <laughs> it's just like a breakfast soup or something. <laughs> My dad, that's the only thing he ever made. Toby's back. We're about I'm to back. wrap, Toby. Let's 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 hear from you. Take it away. We'll, we'll keep sounds like everything's going. gonna sounds like everything's okay. No nerve damage or anything like that. So any peed okay. Everything's fine. No blood in his urine or anything. So what he did was he's goofing around and I guess he had a little <laughs> a little bit of a boner maybe or something and he was leaned way over while he was sitting down to poop way over and it pulled and he fell oh. fell over and it pulled and like kind of cut it you know before it could pop out so under his body weight so it probably hurt and it'll be sore and he probably gets out of school tomorrow and gets video games nice and all that stuff but we just and we had to get these strips to kind of help it heal but it was a really clean cut is a little it wasn't really too deep or anything so there's nothing you know not much we can do. I get, you know, so it's just terrible though. Well, it's just well, like it just. Yeah. I was sitting here and I, I, I told Jess too. I was like, that was really unfair the way you told me. She said, Toby, I need you to come upstairs. And then as soon as I got to the touch, I cut his penis. But it sounded scary. And I was like, oh god. So I didn't know what to see. And then there was it, it's so vascular. It was a lot of blood. Like when I got there, I thought it, the whole it had been cut. And, all the way around and i was like oh shit but it was just blood had poured down a little bit you know what i mean but the blood stopped yeah. pretty quickly almost immediately by the time i was there it was barely bleeding and you know but i was like good god it's just just don't want to have to deal with that at nine o'clock at night Mm-mm. but oh, that's terrible i know but my parents had to do it i had a i remember watching uh some TV show and I got up, it was right after Christmas and my brother and I had gotten uh, tackle boxes, even though my parents never once, <laughs> they never once had ever taken us fishing and never did take us fishing. Why <laughs> in the hell did I get a tackle box full of hooks? And hooks stuff? I yeah. never even, yeah. so, uh, it's about a week later or whatever. I, we, I meet Gary and I are watching this new TV show and I, at the commercial break, I get up to go to the kitchen and I can't get off the ground. And I'm like, what in the world? And I stand all the way up and my toe, and there's a fish hook that had fallen out of the tackle box that had gone all the way through my toe. It stuck in the carpet. And so then uh, my parents had to cut the carpet, which they were really mad about. 
But they're the ones that they're the ones that gave us the tackle box that we'd never even been fishing in our life. I don't even understand. And how what were we supposed to do? And then they had to cut the carpet and take me in there, and they had to uh, put a needle, a numbing solution shot in my toe, my big toe, and they cut it off on one side and pulled it out the other side. Ooh. Oh I was my like, God. golly. I, I mean, I was probably about 11 or 12 years old, something like that. Oh, my God. No. That's a that's a pretty big injury. I'm I surprised I've never heard that story before. That's crazy. I know. Uh, Aaron, you lived through the kid with the wiener issue. Yeah, we it. went over it. Yeah, no, we, we talked about over it. it. I'll oh, catch yeah. you up. We were talking about band dysfunction, and we, we, we were on the Metallica. Well, so you shit. have any thoughts on some kind of monster? You want to weigh in on – give us a your reaction to some kind of monster, anything you love from there, or I'll move you on to the next one after that. I would delete it. <laughs> I, I love that. That's yeah. one of my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. That and Zayo's doc. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Zayo one. Je- Jesse Zayo's. Smith with the with the twenty four ounce beers. That's called the Lesser Lights of Heaven. Is the name of that. Doc. Oh God, that is so right. good. Ryan Downey made it, and it's like way long and deep and slow and in depth. And it's Jesse. At the time when he he was just in a crazy mode, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he was just way into some way he was being at the time. It makes great time. Mean, it's kind of slow, but if you understand and think about Zayo and, and appreciate the dynamics, I think it's yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. And then, um, so that guy's to every time I die. So, what's your thoughts there <laughs> on every time I die? <laughs> yeah. Now that's too bad. That's a big setup. Y'all just want me to say something. <laughs> <laughs> terrible or something like that i feel bad for uh just the other guys it sounds like everybody immediately goes uh what's the lead singer's name keith keith they were mad at us a few weeks ago for saying that keith said he would never tour with uh norma Jean or whatever but i mean there was he a, did <laughs> there's a there's a tweet about it though he tweeted it that, that we were just saying anyway but I feel bad for the actual the other guys because obviously the Keith guy has a, it's, it's not just mental health. He must not be. Uh, what is he doing on tour that makes none of them want to be around him? Too he or whatever, quit you know, drinking right? or something, and and now they don't want to be around him. Is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> it sounds like something like that. Like he quit drinking and doesn't ride with them because they. He said because he didn't want to put himself around that where they can, but it almost it makes them seem like they're shitty for continuing to drink when their buddy had a problem. But I mean, they're on tour. And he goes, I don't want to drink, and then so uh, they're like, well, okay, you don't have to drink, but like it just seems, you know, it's a little. I mean, they're they a touring band that wants to have a beer after the show or something like that on their bus or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it just. That's I mean, I get it. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the whole story. Yeah. So. Who knows? Maybe maybe he knows. Maybe he's exactly right and everything. I mean, I, I'm but sure. But riding separate is always a good sign. <laughs> like when further right. seems forever, that <laughs> yeah. guy had to get his own van yeah, and, and whenever that was. And um, uh, Ronnie from Red Jumpsuit likes to fly or yeah. travel alone. <laughs> he's known for that. <laughs> <laughs> he he very often is known to not travel with the band. <laughs> Ronnie Winter. <laughs> That's He's so amazing. funny. I couldn't imagine really like the only time I ever thought about it, I was like, well, I guess we could rent an RV and Jess and I just ride behind the band or something, you know, but I can't, it, even that would make me feel like I'm missing out. I have so much FOMO, you know, yeah. being on the bus with your band dudes working. That you know? would feel so weird to not want to be with them and say, I'll see you on stage tomorrow. Like what the hell would I do the rest no, of the day? Man. I mean, I could never like in a thousand <laughs> years, I couldn't imagine that. I can't like, imagine that. You just hate your coworkers. I mean, I don't know. 
I mean, maybe he couldn't, you know, maybe it, that's why he did it. Maybe he couldn't, you know, if he was around alcohol, he'd be drinking it. So I do understand that. I just feel bad for them because it seems like way more. He's the lead singer and the personality and everything. And everything I've seen is everybody's like, he's the greatest. He's so awesome. Saying really good stuff about him. And, uh, and then I don't know what, hopefully other, they're not shitting on the rest of the band or thinking they did something horribly wrong. It sounds like he's, they wanted him to go home for a couple of shows and, but to rest up for the winter. They have a big thing coming up, but he, I I think he he said said he was going to leave. And then they said they were going to do the shows without him or maybe he didn't like that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't. Beer. I really do not know, and have not heard anything from anybody or anything like that. Just thought and the, and the sixty eight function because sixty eight had to drop off too because of they COVID did. stuff. So. And then uh, Jake, oh, really? Jake from ABR had to go home from some emergency. Yeah, recently, I know. You know, and then some people sometimes there's different COVID stuff and like people. I mean, you know, I just dropped out of the knuckle breaker bash. I mean, shit's getting wild. Damn it, get real you know what I mean? It's like a. It's a tough scene out there, you know. <laughs> Personal stuff, you know. Yeah. A lot of shit going mm-hmm. on. I didn't even get to talk about anything I wanted to tonight. <laughs> At all. I had some I wrote down some good stuff. I'll save it for next time, but let me give it a little couple teasers. You know who who I'll give you a who I wanted to talk about. And it this this who just destroys me. And I can't explain it. Candace Cameron Burr. She just, oh, she's great. My God. So we'll she's start just, on Candace Cameron next time. Ooh, I could, I will make sure you have me on when you talk about Candace. <laughs> she has blossomed. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. Cause she's what? 40 mid forties. Yes. I think she's exactly <laughs> like kid. That's a Christian. And now I'm older. I'm in my forties. She's, everything she's that, blossomed <laughs> yeah she's just she's really come into her own at this at, at this point wow. it feels that way she's phenomenal her christmas movies top notch there's a new, <laughs> there's a new one coming she's got there's like a hundred of them right oh i'll, she, I'll check yeah, it out i hadn't been keeping up with it. I'm, I'm familiar but um i haven't been keeping up i'll get an opinion she just Netflix. seems so happy i know all like, the time it's just like I mean, and it doesn't feel fake to me or something. It's like, it feels real. I know. And I know it very well could She's be fake. She's Kirk Cameron's it, sister. <clears throat> I know. And you know, know like Joel Osteen so much better always seems really Kirk. happy. That's true. They this all is really. different. <laughs> this is different. It feels different. But she's got that pic of her with her husband or whoever. He's got her hand, his hand on her tits. Really? She's, he was yeah. like a hockey player or something. She got in trouble for doing a. She had to apologize. I read this the other. Uh, I think I read this on an episode yeah, you did, you of the podcast before. I can't forget what it was. She got. She had to apologize because her uh, uh, Bible study thing she led online was a little too sensual <laughs> to people. <laughs> <laughs> she had to apologize. She was says she was not trying to be sexy or uh, hot or anything. I guess just maybe she would. I don't even know what she was wearing or what. But a bunch of like Christians complained. That while she was doing a Bible study, that they were causing really? her to sin. Yeah. So, anyway, all right. Yeah, we'll, she, we'll talk about it more later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later.